man behind the machine. Yes, I've heard about our extraterrestrial brothers and sisters, our star family. Yes, I heard about that. It's funny because someone passed that. One of my buddies passed that along to me on December 7th. Okay, so it was on December 7th. They must have released the news early in the morning on the 8th in Israel. Because <clears throat> uh, I was able to just strike right when the iron got hot, and I made a TikTok about it right away. And I was, it was really cool. It got a lot of views. Um, I'm excited about the part. When I get views on something like that, I'm excited about the fact that it's reaching people who are waking up, waking up, waking up, waking up. And... Man, it's 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 like, like it feels like retribution. You know what I mean? Like when when you know when you <laughs> I've I've read I've read so many books about this stuff, the UFOs. I've had my own special experiences. I've talked directly. I used to go to secret UFO meetings once a month in in uh, Marina Del Rey, at a motion capture place. That um, Steve Bassett put on. He's one of the guys who was leading. The uh, disclosure movement and got all the uh, all those government folks together to admit that they they've they've known about aliens. It's funny. You can, no matter how many times you got this stuff, still it's just hidden. It's hidden. They'd much rather broadcast the news where it's all divisive, you know. And you know, here's another reason why you guys need to argue with each other. But oh my god, you know it's so funny when you're told you're crazy. Or that you're, you're, you know, oh, there's no proof and blah, 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 science, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People who are speaking from that practical point of view, and God love them, God love them. Uh, it, it takes a special kind of mind to allow, and I would, I would definitely say it's probably the kind of mind that does not watch the news, doesn't watch politics, doesn't get, lo- you know, doesn't get lost in that stuff, but wants to form a connection with the universe. And, uh, and these things start making sense. They start making sense. So, I love it, man. I love it. The Galactic Federation, huh? The Galactic Federation. These are things that Dolores Cannon talked about. These are things that Bashar has talked about. These are things that Abraham Hicks has talked about. These are things that the 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 the, the, the spiritualists, the shaman, the gurus, the Amazon rainforest witch doctors. I mean. These are things that they've known about for eons. And then for this, you know, to be out there in the news. It's funny because I bring this stuff up. I've, I've brought this stuff up to friends of mine who I've gotten into discussions with concerning extraterrestrials and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the Galactic Federation. Crickets. Crickets. They don't say anything. Crickets. Because those those. You know, that kind of mindset is usually waiting for the stamp of approval from science to tell them that it's okay. Science now says it's okay to believe in this. The news, okay, your favorite news program said it's okay for you to believe in this now. Go ahead. It's your favorite politician just now said that it's, that these, you know, that these are real. This is real. Now it's okay to go ahead. So it's a lot of, a lot of times it's that stuff. Um, God, it, it feels so good. Reunited on a so good. That's what it is, baby. Gosh. Oh. For any of you listening, look up Israeli Galactic Federation. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And not to mention that the Pentagon even admitted it at the beginning of COVID. But that was conveniently shuffled in with all the screaming and yelling going on. 
So, you know, that got, that got, that got uh, shuffled in there. That's actually the best time to announce news, isn't it? When there's a bunch of arguing about other things going on. You go, oh, here, by the way, by the way, we've discovered a way that people can levitate. And then it just gets buried in all the other stuff. Oh, by the way, turns out that we've been in contact with the Galactic Federation for decades, decades, decades. Look up Valiant Thor. Look up Valiant Thor, V-A-L-I-A-N-T Thor. Look up Valiant Thor Pentagon. We've had, we've had extraterrestrials visit the White House. I know a lot of us, this is what, um, what is it, the Earth stood still? The day the Earth stood still or something? That's what that was based on. Of course, it was severely dramatized. Not to mention Battle for Los Angeles. You know what that movie's based on? An actual real-life event. Uh, just, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. Thank you. Thank you for calling it, Man Behind the Machine. Invaders, a Quinn Martin production, starring Roy Finnis as architect David Vincent. The Invaders, alien beings from a dying planet. Their destination, the Earth. Their purpose, to make it their world. encounters of the first kind, sighting of an unidentified flying object, close encounters of the second kind, physical evidence of a UFO, No man behind the machine. I have not seen that footage. I have not seen the footage. Uh, but I have to say, you are you are inspiring me to go look for it. Uh, let's see, New Jersey UFO. Is that what it is? this message quite a while ago you know you 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 leave you've you've given me so many let's see how soon was this uh wait oh wait one year ago no you didn't Sighting stops New Yorkers. Oh, no, Gosh, man, there's so many of these sightings all over the place, and uh, I've talked with a lot of folks. <clears throat> By a lot, I mean probably six or seven. 
who, who have had UFO experiences, close encounters, and uh, I myself have experienced a couple of things. So, yeah, in this day and age, you just, you just don't know. You just don't know what's a, a UFO and what's a drone, and especially with this, uh, and you've called in about this before with deep fakes. How are we going to ever know what is truly... There are going to be people out there who are experts at this, and I'm sure there's going to be AI software that can read what is a deep fake and what is a real, actual, true um, camcorder video or what have you. But it does muddy the waters for the person who's not aware of the fact that something is... It's not being presented to them authentically. It is being presented to them with other motives in mind. I remember there was a 4th of July back when my brother Josh and my sister-in-law Monica lived in Huntington Beach. We'd go out there for 4th of July all the time and we'd see all the fireworks out there in Huntington Beach. I remember this one year we saw this little red light floating around up there and i was like dude that's gotta be a ufo that's gotta be a ufo it's funny that you you brought this up this memory that i just now remembered and i remember looking up there and going man is that ufo and just and and, and just hoping for it man is that ufo and i remember even looking online huntington beach fourth of july UFO, and there were other people who had caught the footage of that thing. Now you're now you're starting to make me think. Okay, it could have been a drone. It could have been a drone because those drones they got lights on them for for you to kind of keep track of them. Um, so we, we don't know. We don't know. What is what 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 piece of technology authentically has extraterrestrials residing inside of it? And what piece is just a robotic thing that's possibly created by the government? Or, I mean, we were hearing all that we've been hearing about those uh, birds, uh, bugs that are just basically, you know, drones the size of birds and bugs. Now, there's a whole TikTok thing where there's this, um, and I and it's and it's a put on. I mean, if you've done any amount of hoaxes in the media, you've 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 or portrayed alter egos out there in the world, they're, they're, you can start to see or, or follow Andy Kaufman, his uh, performance art. If you, if, you, if you follow those and really hone in on looking at the media through that lens, um, you can start feeling the intuition. You can start picking out what is the vibe of what is authentic. For instance, if, if people see, uh, I would say, well, first of all, I'd like to know how many psychics, how many empaths, how many clairvoyants do we have per square footage? <laughs> you know, is it one every, in and every 10 people? Is it one in every 20? So I would think that these psychics and these people who are well-versed in, let's say, reality transurfing or astral projection, any of that jazz, um, would be able to, to tune in and tell whether that thing that's flying around has a consciousness aboard it. Those are the first people I'd be talking to about this. I'd be going to, what is your intuition? 
I'd say for the everyday person who who doesn't feel that they have those kinds of uh, 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 skills, or maybe they feel that oh maybe there is you know, but it's just not been verified or whatever. I haven't really talked to anyone about it, but you got those skills where you can feel a vibe. I would say in those moments, tune in and just go okay. If there's a consciousness aboard this ship, make yourself you know, like let me know, let me know right now. Give me a vibe. Give me a vibe. It's like that same vibe that you feel like when you walk into a room and you can feel that there's a presence going on in there. You can feel there's there's another creature. There's there's a there's another entity in the room. But I haven't heard about that, and now I got to research it. But thank you so much for letting me know about it. This is so so cool. Such magic, such magic that those three. Mo- okay, here we go. The answer to man behind the machine's question about the secret UFO meetings that I would attend. There's a guy named Stephen Bassett um, who created the Paradigm Research Group. And. He started this whole project about disclosure of the, you know, getting petitions signed, um, getting people, drumming up interest, getting people interested in the idea of the government declassifying UFO files and making the public aware that we, we have extraterrestrials on Earth. They're always watching us all the time. Uh, They can shapeshift. They can vibrate at a higher higher level than us. So they, in a sense, become invisible. This is why it's been said that if we traveled back in time, uh, chances are the people there wouldn't be able to even see us because we'd be vibrating at at a faster rate. So, and this this could this could account for possibly the feeling why we feel the uh, time time flies. You know, this this could this could possibly uh, account for that idea. Anyway, Stephen Bassett. Uh, I don't know how long he held the meetings for, but once a month, I'd gone on three occasions. I visited on three occasions, and the only way to get in there was because was that you had to know someone, and the and you had to know someone. You had to be in the industry, and by the industry, I'm putting that in quotes. That that usually means you got to be in the film or TV industry. Oh, it's become such a common place when you say the industry. It just kind of it means you know the film and TV industry. That can mean if you're a director, a producer musician, actor, any of those things, but someone that, that is involved with the industry and is a UFO enthusiast or has had personal experiences. And, um, every once in a while he would have these esteemed guests, these guests who were respected within the UFO community. Everyone would go around, introduce themselves, 
and talk about what their job is in the industry and what their experiences were. And I heard some amazing experiences at this place. It was the first time I heard someone talk about the reptiles. It was, I believe it was, uh, I heard about the reptiles. Uh, I heard there was a guy who talked about interviews he had with, you know, the highly, highly classified government dudes. And, uh, and they talked about flying from the North Pole to the South Pole in the hollow earth and looking over through the window and seeing woolly mammoths running, running on the ground. It's prehistoric in there. Uh, he talked about the hollow earth. He t- uh, there's a guy who talked about his experiences with coming across a morphing UFO this UFO that would morph right before his very eyes when he would go out and visit his, uh, his parents were divorced. And so his dad moved out to a farm. So he would go out and, uh, stay at his dad's house. And he liked to sleep in this barn. He liked sleeping in the barn and being all the, near all the animals and everything. Well, it was in that barn that, um, he started getting visited by ETs and, uh, he said he woke up one time and he, and he looked over and there was this saucer of a ship. But then it went like CGI. It, it morphed into a different shape. Um, there's a woman whose grandpa used to work at Area 51 and told her a bunch of stories. This, it was at that meeting, at one of those meetings. Oh, it was out, held out in Marina Del Rey at a motion capture capture studio. And it was there that I met Roger Lear. Roger Lear has since passed, Dr. Roger Lear. And he, if you look up Alien Scalpel on YouTube, he's still got his channel up there. He still got his videos up there where he would do these surgeries on people. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's gross. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I can't necessarily look at that stuff because he's really digging in there and he's operating on people's, people's arms uh, or necks or what have you, where they have been inserted with a, uh, gosh, one of those little, you know, a little piece, a little piece of metal. Sometimes it's metal. Whitley Strieber, who wrote the who wrote Communion, he he had asked Roger to to get this piece removed out from behind his ear, but Roger just didn't he didn't uh, trust himself enough to, to to do something like that. Um, but he would have these specimens at his laboratory. They he in fact invited us to go out there. He said there was this one. This one, uh, God, what, what the hell? The implant, implant, uh, in someone's arm, that was like, imagine like one of those boba balls, or like a tapioca pudding ball. It's like a little gelatinous, like. So he said, underneath someone's skin, there's like a little bump, like a, like it was like a ball, and you can move. He's like, you can move if you took like a a, a pen, 
you know, pen cap, and he moved it along the skin. This thing would follow it. He said it was biological in nature. And they operated on it. See, what they would do is they would, they had this machine where they would measure the the implant, the electrical impulses. They would, they would measure it. And it, sure enough, giving off electrical impulses. This is why they say that uh, these implants are kind of very similar to when we tag cows to keep track of cows. That's kind of like what the ETs are doing. They're, they're doop. You know, tagging us and, and keep keeping a watch on us. Who knows why specific people happen to be those specific people. I would love to interview someone on the show who has actually gotten an implant removed. I actually know a guy, Jeff Finn, the uh, the creator of the documentary Before the End. He's got a very interesting, very interesting UFO story implant story so roger lear would say well that's you know if anyone's looking for the smoking gun of aliens existing i've got the smoking guns he said uh these 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 are once once you remove the implant from the skin there's no longer any electrical impulse and he puts them in these petri dishes. He said it with the little biological, the little ball under the person's skin. He said they operated. He got that little thing out, and the thing stopped moving. What he did was he took some of the blood from the person uh, that they that, that he operated on. He put their blood into the petri dish and put the little, the strange little biological thing in there, hoping that it would, you know, sort of. It's like putting taking a fish out of a fish tank, putting it in a, in a bowl of its own or into a bag of its own water. Getting used to that before you, you jump, you know, dive, put it into a new fish fish tank kind of thing. So he put the, he put this, this little implant into a bowl of Petri dish and the electrical signal stopped. Uh, people from all over the world found out that he was doing these surgeries. He has some. He has some of the most clear UFO footage you will ever see. It's in Turkey. Look up Roger Lear, L E I R. I believe that's how you spell his name, or L I E R. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll. It'll uh, uh, correct it for you on YouTube. Look up Doctor Roger Lear. Turkey. Turkey UFOs. Some good, he said Turkey, they fly a lot over there. If any, if I have any listeners in Turkey, please call the hotline, 561-203-9179, and please confirm that. Please confirm that. I want to hear your stories. I definitely want to hear your stories, too, if you have some alien implants. Uh, I met a guy there who... His name. He had the he had the blueprints for a UFO. There's a Dr. Barish who used to work at Area 51. He wasn't he wasn't at the meeting, but um, I'll call the guy. I'll just say Joe. Okay, so there's this guy who who's a, named Joe who'd come to the meetings. I had a lot of great ideas. Stephen Bassett needed to. I, I think he he should have listened to him a little more. Uh, but this guy Joe, and I, I, don't, I don't really remember his name. I got to rummage through my storage here and, and look up that the alien blueprint. 
but he would he would he had the full story. He interviewed this guy, Barish, Doctor Barish, Barish, uh, who worked at a- Area Fifty One. They should call it Alien Fifty One. I'm sure someone's already thought of that. So uh, the Doctor Barish was working there, and this alien he got to sort of form a relationship with this thing. They would they would interview it. Um, telepathically and one day this thing jumped onto his chest knocked him down and just stared straight into his eyes and just downloaded all this information all this information and so he knew about all the craft and every, crafts and everything how they're all built and so through him he was able to make a, a blueprint of ufo and this guy joe happened to have the blueprint of the ufo he passed out these to everybody one to everybody in the these meetings were great so that was the secret UFO meeting I used to attend. Look up Stephen Bassett, S-T-E-V-E-N-B-A-S-S-E-T-T, Paradigm Research Group. Look that up. We don't we don't have those meetings anymore, unfortunately. Uh, we don't have those meetings, unfortunately, anymore. It was really, it was thrilling to go in there and hear these people talk about this stuff. Stephen would usually open up the meetings showing the latest trailers and commercials um, for movies or TV shows that that had to do with UFOs. And so what, it, what one of the things he, he said was that the media, they know the truth. And it's like, it's kind of like, And these are, the, what I'm about to say next are kind of like my own words, um, but they are my own words. It's kind of like when you know an inside joke and you say it around your friends a lot when you're at school. Let's say you got an inside joke about, I don't know, the principal. You got this funny little inside joke about the principal. And, and you call him Sasquatch. So, you know, let's say in high school, you're like, where's Sasquatch today? Anyone else would be like, what? You know, but you're like, oh, Sasquatch. Those who know, they know. Or if you're a Harry Potter fan, you might say, look at all these muggles. And a person who's not a Harry Potter fan would say, what are you talking about? But those who are Harry Potter fans would go, oh, yeah, a lot of muggles. They would know. There's an inside joke there. May the force be with you. If I say that to someone who's never seen Star Wars, they're not going to know what the heck that is. May the force be with you. Uh, Okay, thank you. Thank you. God bless you, too. So, so um, it's kind of that little cheeky kind of, you know, like, ah, you know what, I know a little something. Burr, burr, burr. That's, he said that's kind of like what they do in the media to release truth. To release it in a fictional way. When you release something in a fictional way, your brain can accept it better because it's in imagination land. It's in dreamland. It's a lot easier to accept it because it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's fictional. It's, you know, you're not you're not called to, you're not required to uh, give a yes or no answer on whether you believe it exists or not. You know, it's entertainment that way. You're just like, oh, God, that's funny. So so then it's a subliminal conditioning of the brain. It's get, it gets used to that condition. It normalizes it in its brain. So then when it comes about, when that thing actually is revealed and actually happens, now, now you're like, aha, aha. 
You know, it's like you've gotten used to you've gotten used to it. So he says they do that a lot with with you know with when the UFO uh, uh, alien type stuff were in commercials and, and movies. He's like, yep, they're priming your brain. They're getting you used to it. They're kind of disclosing the information without officially disclosing it. Stephen Bassett was in charge of the Disclosure Project, which is they brought together all these government officials, and the government officials talked about their experiences. There's a guy named Hellyer, H-E-L-L-Y-E-A-R, which is interesting. That's different than the uh, the documentary Hellier, which is spelled H-E-L-L-I-E-R. That's about Hellier, Kentucky, about the goblins. But that's a side. That's a, that's a side point. That's that's a side thing. But you, you check out that documentary, by the way. But Hellier, H-E-L-L-Y. E R Hellier, um, these the the, the, uh, the from the Department of Defense of Canada. He talked about the tall whites. Oh God, there there's just so much information on this. You know, it's it's funny. It's so funny that we're even still debating the existence of these things. We've got all these stories, all these stories. If you really want to get highly vibrational, check out. The Unify page on Facebook, Unify, and uh, look on the Unify page and check out the Harmonic Convergence, or you could go to th you go to thc.org and look up all the Harmonic Convergence things from each of those days, and you'll see lots of people talking about UFO sightings, meetings, the ways in which they change their lives. I interviewed quite a few people so far on the podcast that I met through the Harmonic Convergence, actually, that are that are uh, episodes on here. Anyway, thank you, man, behind the machine for giving me that trip down memory lane. Take care. Thank you so much for listening in Sparato Projecto. Have you heard about President Jimmy Carter's UFO incident? No. Yeah. President Carter reported seeing an unidentified flying object while at Leary, Georgia in 1969. Cool. This was while he was serving as governor of Georgia. Oh. Carter was asked to file a report at the, of the sighting by the International UFO Bureau in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which he did in September 1973. Since its writing, the report has been discussed several times by both ufologists and by members of the mainstream media. So one evening in 1969, two years before he became governor of Georgia, Carter was preparing to give a speech at a Lions Club meeting. At about 7.15 p.m., one of the guests called his attention to a strange object that was visible about 30 degrees above the horizon to the west of where he was standing. Carter described the object as being bright, while it was being about as bright as the moon. It was said to appear to have closed in on where he was heading, but to have stopped before a stand of pine trees some distance before him. The object is then said to have changed color, first to blue, then to red, then to white, before appearing to recede in the distance. Carter felt that the object was self-illuminated and not solid in nature. Carter's report indicates that it was witnessed by about 10 or 12 other people and was in view of for about 10 to 12 minutes before it passed out of sight. In 1973, Carter said, 
There were about 20 of us standing outside a little restaurant, I believe, a high school lunchroom, and a kind of green light appeared in the western sky. This was right after sundown. It got brighter and brighter, and then it eventually disappeared. It didn't have any solid substance to it. It just had a very peculiar-looking light. None of us could understand what it was. Speaking in a 2005 interview, Carter states, All of a sudden, one of the men looked up and said, Look over in the west. And there was a bright light in the sky. We all saw it. And then the light, it got closer and closer to us. And then it stopped. I don't know how far away, but it stopped beyond the pine trees. And all of a sudden, it changed color to blue and then changed to red, then back to white. We're standing, we were trying to figure out what in the world it could be, and then it receded in the distance. Do they see UFOs in South America? I believe so. Why? I'm just curious if they're like of the same, like what the rate of seeing them is around the world. If it happens more so in certain areas than others. And apparently... Carter asked to disclose to to get access to these files to the intelligence community, and they said it's none of your business. Huh. You don't have access to it. This is beyond your level of <laughs> knowing. Okay, he tried. He tried. He tried to get access. Yeah, what's that, like the fourth level of the executive branch has got to be like the military now. Mm-hmm. And like, and maybe one of, like, all the 17 agencies. Right? Like, yeah. there's all these different, there's all these different people pulling weight, pulling rank. When he was going to be elected, before he was elected, he told the press... One thing's for sure, I'll never make fun of people who say they've seen unidentified objects in the sky. If I become president, I'll make every piece of information this country has about UFO sightings available to the public and the scientists. Then, once he got elected, he distanced himself from disclosure, citing defense implications as being behind the decision. Hey, man, I'm going to take a little bit of a uh, nap here, dude. In 1969, Georgia governor and future U.S. president Jimmy Carter claims he witnessed a UFO. There have been numerous attempts to explain the sighting. Some have speculated that perhaps what Jimmy Carter saw was some type of weather balloon filled with helium. But aspects of the sighting don't fit the weather balloon theory. Carter's sightings, filed at NICAP and the UFO Bureau, describe the object changing color. It was the size of the moon, moving bizarrely through the sky before it disappeared. Oh, Jimmy Carter, the governor of Georgia, graduate from Annapolis, is really only seeing a weather balloon. A weather balloon? Are we back to Roswell in 1947? A weather balloon? Weather balloons don't change color. 
Weather balloons don't hover. Weather balloons aren't that big. This was big. They'd rise and they don't stay in the sky. Jimmy Carter didn't see a weather balloon. At the time, there is no official explanation given for what Jimmy Carter saw. Even though he can't prove it, the experience of the sighting stays with him. Jimmy Carter is running for president, and he's asked on the campaign trail, Governor Carter, will you tell the truth to the American people about UFOs? And Jimmy Carter says, yes, I will. He's going to reveal the truth. In 1977, when Carter wins the presidency, he directs the CIA to release top-secret reports on UFOs and extraterrestrial life. The CIA refuses. Just flat out say no to the president, that's really something. No. He directs the CIA to release top-secret reports on UFOs and extraterrestrial life. The CIA refuses. Just flat out say no to the president, that's really something. Carter tries another way. Jimmy Carter asks the director of Central Intelligence, George H.W. Bush. Mr. Director, can you tell me what the CIA knows about UFOs? And George, consummate professional, says, Mr. President-elect, you have no need to know. The CIA has denied the new president permission to release top-secret information to the public. It surprises people to find out that the president of the United States doesn't have access to everything. The UFO secret is a higher level of top-secret than you, even though you're the commander-in-chief. But something mysterious happens. Just as it seems a standoff is on the cards, Carter makes a U-turn retracting his promise to declassify UFO documents and make key reports public. He cites a serious threat to national security as the reason for backing down. President Carter never mentions the word UFO again. It sounds suspicious, but there are some very sensible reasons why you don't release sensitive national security information. NASA astronaut and test pilot Hoot Gibson has been involved in projects like these. I do know as a test pilot that we have very highly classified projects that are flying, and I'll say where they're flying from. They're flying from Area 51. We know that this has been going on for years and years because such airplanes as the SR-71 Blackbird, uh, the U-2, uh, the stealth fighter, the F-117. Those all started life up in that area and flew from that spot. I would be very surprised if we don't still have secret, top secret, military prototype aircraft flying from there. Could such top secret projects really justify shutting the president down? What we know is just a tiny fraction of what's really out there. 